Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Chels. Supposedly we're all going to be really miserable this week. We've been told it was all over at the bridge. Nobody could play football anymore. No one could manage. People weren't even coming back from their holidays. But then we went to Wembley, and everything changed. To discuss the changes, we have, for his first appearance of the season, Mr Liam Toomey. How are you, Liam? I'm very good. Absolute pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a good, good one to be on, I tell you. And you're joined by our illustrious ever-present, apart from the first, so he's not ever-present, but nearly ever-present, Mr Andy Saunders. I'm addicted to Chelsea. Ah, right. I was asking you, wasn't I, beforehand, what are your addictions these days? Yeah. And uh, that's a good answer. Not many, not many left. Not many. No, it's, that's one of them. It's a, it's a good addiction to have. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to just discuss everything in a minute, but we're just going to take a quick, short break. The Chels is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Bet £5, get £20. If you deposit £5, Ladbrokes will add another £20 to your account. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.chelseapodcast.net. So, I, I don't know where to start. I mean, I, I suppose we should be in the miserable part before the weekend. You know, I mean, everyone had told us that things were bad and that, that Conte had lost the dressing room, players were unhappy, there was unrest, there was upheaval, the board were useless, this was useless, that was useless, everyone was gone and there was nobody left other than a couple of six-year-olds who could play football. Where do we start with that? Well, why don't we start with what did you think was going to happen before the game what was your mood before the game well I think if you remember I did say I did tip us for a win I know I make blind sort of uh, predictions but I I don't know every time I mean I tweeted after the game that's how we won the Champions League against all odds because I think something about 
us when actually it really shouldn't be possible does something to us as a team, as a club, as fans. You know, Champions League night. You, you remember Munich. It was an incredible atmosphere. Half of us didn't think we'd win, but yet part of us always thought it was possible. And I think that's what happened this time around. I mean, how did you see it, Liam? Um, well, I, I know what you mean about the atmosphere last week. Uh, I just feel like we live in a we live in a world where everything just becomes hysteria, doesn't it? And um, and the the crisis if it even was a crisis that Chelsea went into the season with a lot of problems but the world their world wasn't ending you know um and i think i always thought going into the game on sunday that while they were heavy underdogs and they deserved to be heavy underdogs it's still 11 very good players that they were going to put out and conte is still one of the very best coaches in europe so you could never write them off i thought it it would probably be a close game because london derbies tend to be close games regardless of the circumstances um, and I, I, I thought in the end, Chelsea just sort of managed the occasion tactically and emotionally better than Tottenham. And how did you feel before the game? Because well, you, I, you I, were I really... always said we'd win, didn't I? No, no <laughs> you, you didn't. You said you, you said to me you had the most awful feeling that we were going to get annihilated. I did. I thought we were going to get battered. But, you know, I, Liam's absolutely right. You know, if, if you could take the emotion out of the situation... You know, and being a football fan is all about emotion. It's all about being deluded and you know getting yourself wrapped up in a bubble of you know of of you know of of, of emotion. If you, if you could remove yourself from emotion and look at it and say it's eleven versus eleven, eleven very good players with a history of us performing well against Spurs, with a history of us perhaps not in the last couple of games, but generally performing okay at Wembley on the big occasion. With it's all the things you said. If you could look at that rationally, you should go into that match a lot calmer. I wasn't calm. I did think we'd get battered. Um, what what I was most concerned about was getting out muscled in midfield. I thought I looked at Dyer, I looked at Dembele, I looked at Ali. You know, I looked at Wanyama, uh, Wanyama and I just thought that's four big beasts in midfield. How are we going to cope with that? And actually, I thought the tactical genius of that was was the kind of the flooding in the midfield. Now, in in hindsight, it doesn't look that special because you in hindsight you turn around and go, well, of course you do that. But I thought Luis, Bakayoko, Kante were toe to toe. Uh, with those players that I mentioned and you know, the difference was that we I don't think we necessarily outmuscled them but we held our own and we didn't allow them to dominate the midfield and that starved the ball up towards Harry Kane who I thought had an excellent game you know for the very little that he the service that he got and, and you know as we grew into the game I became more and more confident but don't you think there's there is something about you know the fear factor for us was having seen them last year where Wanyama and um, in the midfield with Dembele had really taken it to us it was the first time we'd seen Kante not quite at the races last year and um, there was that sort of feeling well you know he's going to be on his own Kante I mean I think we'll talk about the extraordinary selections and changes in a minute but I just want to talk quickly to you Lim do you think the press are slightly I'm not talking about you because you're a uh, well-judged journalist and I think you think about what you're doing do you think there's a, a mood now in the press where Everything is up to a hysterical level so quickly on anything. You know, I mean, there is no time to breathe. You know, everything's over. Conte's going to be the first manager to go. Um, And there seems to be this swell from a lot of the press to to make this sort of judgmental thing happen all the time. Well, I think there's always been a a sensational edge to to my industry. Um, 
But I don't even really necessarily think that what we're seeing right now is a press problem. It's I think it's a it's a society thing where we all just instantly go towards hysteria and it's and it's the most extreme opinion, the hottest take, if you will, is the one that usually is heard and the one that gains the most publicity and traction. So I think there was a lot of currency to be had consciously and unconsciously i think a lot of journalists i have to stop myself a lot of the time from being caught up with just going with the wind of things you know the the way the consensus is blowing um i think there was a lot of currency to be made out of overstating chelsea's very real problems they just as the world wasn't ending last week doesn't mean it's all sunshine and blue skies now they've they they still have serious problems to solve in the next couple of weeks and if they don't this season could be tough but um it was never quite what people were making it out to be and I think that was borne out on Sunday I, I like to tweet after the game when somebody said I know we're in crisis and Conte is getting sacked and Abramovich doesn't care and Man United have already won the league but that was fun <laughs> <laughs> well it was fun actually wasn't it I mean it, okay I mean you know you probably want to take us through the, the team I think um, so we can just have a well, reminder just a bit, bit of context yeah. to add to layer on some context about some of the things okay. that, that we've been talking about that was Chelsea's first away win versus Spurs for five years you know, so that's another reason to be fearful before going in there. Tottenham also had a 19-game home Premier League unbeaten run last season. You know, Chelsea the first side to win at Spurs since Southampton in May 2016. It's like, you know, they, these are reasons to be fearful. So I don't think going into that Part game with, three. A, with, a, well, with a sense of, for those of us of a certain age. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but going into that game with a sense of dread is, is not necessarily something to be laughed at. You know, it was, it was very much against all reason that we would go in there and put the performance in we did but going back to the team um, Courtois obviously in goal uh, the back three of Azpilicueta Rudiger and Christensen Moses and Alonso as full backs three in the middle with Luis Kante and Bakayoko and then William playing slightly behind Morata so basically 3-5-2 or 3-5-1-1 um, and you know you look at that on paper um, after the game and think it's that midfield that, that really made the difference. Would you agree, Liam? Yeah, it was. Um, I think if you look back at the game that Spurs won in January, where they, they totally outplayed Chelsea in all areas, the, the battle that really decided the game was central midfield, where, as we said, Wanyama made Kante look human for got, one of the first times last yeah. season. Yeah. Um, but I think another key reason why Spurs were able to win that game, which they couldn't rely on on Sunday, was their wing-backs. Rose mm. and Walker that day were the first to manage to pin Moses and Alonso back for a sustained period of time, which meant Chelsea's attacking system didn't work. I think Conte was very mindful of matching the numbers in central midfield on Sunday. And also, he he needed an extra person to help protect Bakayoko, who surprised everyone by completing 90 minutes. But... I always felt going into the game that Chelsea could use the width of the pitch a lot better than Spurs because Alonso and Moses are constantly parked on the touchlines and they and really stretch defences. You don't mean the actual width of the Wembley pitch because everyone's going on about, <laughs> oh, it's much bigger. It's two yards wider. It's not yeah. a great deal. No, but it's just the width just the of a football pitch. Yeah, they make exactly. they, When Chelsea have the ball, they make the pitch as wide as it can possibly be made. Whereas I don't think Spurs, and I saw Jermaine Genus actually do a really good feature on this um, on Match of the Day, was he highlighted how their fullbacks didn't make full use of the width when Spurs were attacking. They no. were funneled down Trippier the middle a lot. didn't go past Alonso when, you know, no. as much as he could have done. However, I will say, 
it was a weakness of ours, and they did target those end quadrants. Um, we didn't, particularly Moses, didn't look comfortable. And a couple of times, you know, Ali burst through, uh, or Ben Davis burst through, and Trippier burst through on occasion. They did. They weren't effective in getting the crosses over, but you did think, you know, up against better full-backs up against slightly more determined forward play, hmm. that could be a concern moving forward. Well, yeah, that, it could and, be. And that back three looked very unfamiliar at times, they did. didn't it? They did, but I would also say it was it was Moses' first game of the season. I would also say, you know, I, I, I try not to watch or look at Twitter at any time during a game because if I was to believe what I was reading on Twitter... Yeah, that, that's madness to do that. No, it is. It was just, well, I was, I was swapping... <laughs> tweets with Gary but it was just an interesting exercise because that's also mad well yeah that is that's also true that's just pictures of him and his dog (laughs) on his head or in his bed let me not and and no clothes at Gary Hayes everybody at Gary Hayes (laughs) mad I tell you he's been showing me pictures of his cooking today yeah and he showed me the yeah he's burnt cooking he's burnt cooking I said (laughs) well don't ask for Jamie Oliver recipe that (laughs) anything well okay moving on take a side of beef and burn it mate (laughs) burn it it'd be lovely (laughs) missus will love you for it hey anyway anyway um no, I, I couldn't. If you looked at these tweets, you're seeing these things where if you if you're going to believe it, Christiansen is never going to play football again, and possibly has never played football. Rudiger is a donkey. Morata um, is pointless up front. Um, Bakayoko more style than any football skill, and you just think. What are people doing? You that's know, just your tweets. That's just my, <laughs> just, that's ones we share. No, but you know, I mean, I think there's something to be said. Okay, I get what you're saying about you know Moses got turned over a bit, so did Alonso. But you know, you're playing a very good side. But also, the thing is, all of those players were not the same players in the 90th minute as they were in the first. But, I thought also, they all learned something. Don't, don't mistake what I said for individual player blaming. I'm, I'm not no, at no, all... I'm, 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 I didn't mean that. But I'm not blaming individual players. I'm saying that if there was a weakness in our side, maybe due to the system, maybe due to the fact that the, um, you know, the back three weren't shuffling as much, we did look exposed. Um, and, and that just happened to be in Moses and Alonso's corner. Now, you could argue that Bakayoko should have come across and covered Alonso or you know, Luis should have done better. You know, I mean, it's not an individual problem it's just a tactical and um you know and 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 an issue on the pitch on occasion particularly in the latter part of the first half i felt you know okay well we'll come back to that in a sec because we've just got to cut to a short break the chels is backed for the season by ladbrooks so yes i mean it was a it was a new system, or it was an old system, but we haven't seen it for some time. Were you surprised? Were you amazed? Yeah, Gary did actually call it last week that he reckoned Luis would go up into midfield. Well, that wasn't and, that wasn't rocket science. I think the only thing that well, it sorry, wasn't, Gary, because I think <laughs> I think most people w- would have assumed that. I think the point that we made was that maybe Conte might try something a little cleverer than that. He might try a double bluff, but you know, I think the obvious thing to do would have been to push Luis up into midfield. You know, but uh, and he did and it worked I think the concern was if it was just going to be Luis and Kante would that be mobile enough would that would that you know would that give you enough range of passing and so on and so forth but the fact that he put Bakayoko in there as well of whom none of us expected to play I think that that really was the masterstroke what did you think about Bakayoko because we'd all been told it's going to be mid-September maybe the end of September Hazard you won't see till the middle of October yeah I mean we asked Conte about Bakayoko and Hazard 
a week ago and he said there was no time frame for them to come to come back but Conte has been a bit blurry with the truth a couple of times in the last week because I asked him about Louise in midfield explicitly on Friday and he shot it down um, quite unequivocally so he's got quite a good poker face did when he, he laugh at you like he did when somebody asked him about Conte he, he did, Costa. Uh, Costa Costa sorry yeah. no he didn't no he didn't he just uh, deadpan deadpan, deadpan lied but um, yeah I watched <laughs> deadpan <laughs> lied fake news <laughs> I was watching uh, Bakayoko in the warm up and I've walked faster than he was jogging when, when the players were, you know, just loosening up. And he was clearly trying to pace himself as much as he could. The expectation going in, even when he rejoined training in the middle of the week and played that game behind closed doors was 60 minutes maximum. Um, and I think the way the game went helped because Chelsea taking the lead gave them an excuse to sit back, which means Bakayoko has to do less running. Um, and Conte said afterwards that the that the occasion had also kind of motivated him to the you know you get through adrenaline. It on adrenaline exactly so I think that that was a huge huge bonus for Chelsea because they had no central midfielders on the bench. I was going to say that on the bench was Caballero. Well, they had Kyle Scott, but I mean, well, tomorrow Scott Charlie Kennedy Masonda. and Masonda, none of whom are going to come in and really mm. outmuscle Dembele, Wanyama, yeah. Ali or Dyer, are they? Let's, and let's and apparently honest. Conte did look at the possibility of Charlie Masonda early in the week. Um, I was talking to a Belgian journalist who told me that. But what's uh, happened to Jeremy Boga? It was interesting that he wasn't. It was interesting that he wasn't in the squad. We didn't hear anything about an injury, and it would be really sad if those eighteen minutes proved to be his only senior minutes in a Chelsea shirt. But that was the big opportunity because Pedro was injured, and And you'd think he'd make the bench. Yeah, I was really surprised he didn't make the bench, and yet Kennedy, who offended a billion people, (laughs) I'm not sure probably cost us a billion pounds. Yeah, I I don't think we'll ever play for Chelsea again if if they can do anything about it. I was surprised that he made the bench. Maybe he's he's got a knock. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe when he got subbed, he came in and smashed the dressing room up and, you know, completely yeah, threw his toys one of those Told you, I'm never going to play for you again, concert. Or there was a big bust up with Cahill behind the scenes. I'm not reporting that, by the way. That's <laughs> idle, idle speculation. Is that allegedly? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it was interesting, you know. It was a kind of a threadbare bench. But, yet yeah, at the same time, there, there was... A, you know, the one thing I keep hearing over this weekend after after that result was everyone says, well, Tottenham were the better side. They played better football. And you think, well, hold on. What does that mean? It That's my point. Because actually, if we were in Italy, people would be extolling the virtues of Chelsea defending and the fact the Catanaccio. only goal we conceded, yeah. the only goal we conceded was by our own centre forward. who was just a little bit slack in dealing with it. And I think... We're not getting the due credit, actually, that it was a beautiful performance. The defending was fantastic. We learned a lot of things. As I say, Christensen got stronger and stronger. And, and I thought Rudiger has had a baptism of fire, really, but he's learned a lot. Do you know what I thought watching that game? I thought this is a Mourinho performance. This is a real Mourinho performance. I'd agree with you up to 81 minutes because my thoughts on it were as if Mourinho was still in charge and that Batshuayi own goal goes in... There is no way he goes for that game at 1-1. He, he turns around, he finds the, the guy who looks most physically intimidating on that bench behind Mikel. him. <laughs> yeah, sum- now. Yeah. S- summon him and, um, and just put him in the defensive line and try to shut it down. But we've seen time and again since Conte arrived that even when Chelsea are on the back foot, they are always dangerous. They are always looking for a way to try and win a game. And they've won so many big games, so many close games. Mm with goals like that 
but you take my point about the you know we're not we, we, we're setting out to absorb to stifle absolutely yeah to um you know to to kill this game to part the bus you know is the obvious expression but um you know but the fact that we were able to withstand everything they threw at us you know remarkably well i thought you know because they are a impressive t- i mean harry kane was very very impressive delhi ali i thought had a bit of a bit of an off day he had, a, he had moments but he wasn't he dominant ca- he caused those pillaquetta problems in the first half he did second half he faded away but he, yeah. every time Kane got the ball you did think oh mm. here we go he was really go. dangerous yeah. and That's, they did I, I, I didn't look at the stat for corners but how many corners and set pieces do they have That's, I think they had 13, 13 corners 13 or 14 yeah it was 13 or 14 but they, think, bombed, right. they peppered us didn't they mm. we mean, got was three I think, yeah, I think it was thirteen to four. Something like, yeah, it was, it, it was minimal, but mm. I mean, I, I mean, the one sorry, the one stat I did look at was shots on target. They had six, we had two, and obviously does, we scored. Okay, here's my point: Does if a ball hits the woodwork, does that not count on no. target? It's off target. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, it's off target. We're still on target because that's part of the target. But if you look at if you. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the match in terms of clear chances, it was far more even than those stats because you, you had the Morata chance, which obviously doesn't show up, but that's probably the best chance of the game. Yeah, including is. any of the goals. I think so. it's the best chance of any game in the last five years, frankly. <laughs> I mean, it was chance. an absolute sitter. It's the best chance since Tony Cascarino when he <laughs> managed to chip it over the bar from on the goal line. But I mean, I mean, it was a shocker. But I, I will forgive him that, won't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean. It was a shocking moment to do it because you thought, after the way he he took his goal last week, you thought, it's in. But if you took positive out of it, what a run. I mean, to get himself... I mean, when was the last time we had a striker that could possibly, you know, probably, you know, get into those heading positions? You know, I mean, Costa wasn't really, really dominant, you know. I mean, Drogba was, obviously. Torres wasn't. You know, it's it, to have a player that you know is going to get into the positions to create headed opportunities, make those runs is brilliant. I think he's going to score a ton of goals. Yeah, I do. And and that run late on in the game where was it Alderweireld he took on? Yeah, and he who's supposedly the quickest defender in the league, and suddenly he was a yard and a half ahead of him. So it's not only is he a big lad, he looks so he's quick as well. And he's getting to fitness. He's getting to full fitness. Yeah. You know, again, I think they pointed out on match of the day. He's he's being asked to play a role that he's not familiar with it's just just, just to hold the ball up rather to run, rather than to run onto the ball um, but there will be opportunities for him to run on, onto the ball at the bridge and in, in other games as well against other teams in, in that position he probably never at Madrid and Juventus you don't have to play, play games where you have to hold the ball up you know yeah. so we can forgive him a little bit what did we think of um, Mishi Mishi came on at 70 forget the own goal that happens what did we think of, of his impact when he came on I didn't really form a, too much of a strong impression of him either way, to be honest, before he put the ball in his own net, which was kind of unlucky. It would also been telegraphed for most of the game because every time Ericsson put a ball in from that kind of position, it was you know, yeah. Chelsea Chelsea were really anxious. I'm not worried about that. That, that, that could have been anybody. Yeah. Mm. And Morata, he was fantastic at uh, defending. He reminded me of Drogba. There was that one header that went to the halfway line, which yeah. was spectacular. But yeah, I mean, Batshuayi for me, uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really get any chance to form an opinion of him either. Do we, do we need another striker? I think we probably do, um, which may or may not help Batshuayi. He won't go anywhere. There's no way they'll get rid of him, I don't think. I think Con- unless Conte's really unhappy with him. I think Conte would, would like another striker. He went into the summer looking for another striker. He, he, he's wanted... Yorente for quite a long time, at least six to at four, least six sixty-four months. to sign Vardy now. Odds have been slashed. I think that yeah, that, so I think what, that would be a bad l- decision. Um, well, it'd yeah. be a bad decision for both parties. Eh? Leicester, apart from Okazaki, don't really have a 
have a backup, so they're going to be playing without a striker. So I don't think they want to sell unless they can buy. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I don't think that's a long-term solution for Chelsea and I don't think it's good for either the club or the player so well and the, and the, and a key part of the brief I think when you're looking for a striker at this time of the window is you want someone who's going to be willing to come in and play a support role yeah. for Morata because you need to give Morata time to grow Batshuayi you know long term may or may not be happy to do that depending yeah. on how he progresses Vardy certainly wouldn't because he's the main man at Leicester Why but Llorente would, would. Accept any, yeah Llorente would and I've heard apparently that he and Morata were pretty pretty good friends at Juventus as well, so they've got a good relationship. So all in all, what have we learned from this game? We've still got spirit. We've still got heart. We still show character. We're still a big game club. Um, I think there's work to be done. I think there's more squad rebuilding to be done. Not team re- rebuilding, but squad rebuilding to be done. I think Conte's proved himself to be um, uh, able to lift himself out of bad situations and think positively and think strategically and I think that you know I think everything's going in the right direction I'm not at all concerned I wasn't concerned when we lost to Burnley I think that you know the the, the, the you know the uh, the rumours of our death have been greatly exaggerated and you Liam what do you the think? general state of things yeah, general state of things well I, th- I think I think that Chelsea are a really good team and they'll remain a really good team. The starting eleven is good enough to compete for the title or go fairly deep in the Champions League. But unless they make the three to four signings they're looking to make in the final weeks of the window and they sign players who are ready to come in and contribute right away, when the games start piling up, it's going to be very difficult for Chelsea to keep up with teams, particularly City and United, who now look very you know, deep and rounded squads um, with good managers. So I can't see them retaining their title if these next, if these final few days of the transfer window don't go to plan. What would be a, for you, Kerry, what would be a good season? A good season, as long as we're competing. I've always maintained that. As long as we're competing, I'm happy. If I think we haven't got things sorted out and we come seventh or something, I'd be very unhappy. But I think in this league, you can probably compete and still be in the top six this season. I think it's interesting. And I don't I don't know quite where Arsenal will sit in that top six. I think they could be in for a tough year. Um, but, I thought City were a bang average yesterday. Yeah, they well. were. You know, but anyway, we should wrap it up because that's the end of this show here. Um, for me, what I'll take from the game is that Spurs are our whipping boys again. And I've been trying to think, how do we... It used to be three-point lane and, and what have you. Well, maybe this is Wemb three-point stadium. I don't know. We see what I'm trying to do. I'm not sure. I'm not buying that. Might need to work on that. Wim three. It's (laughs) better than. It's better than most. It's a try though. It's trying to get something at Spurs. Tottenham have lost their past four games against Chelsea at Wembley, and their last seven of their last ten at Wembley as well. So long may it continue. Yeah. All right. Thanks as usual, Liam and Andy, and we'll see you all on Friday when we'll discuss all the latest news about various players and where they're going and the upcoming Everton game. All right, cheers then. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at thewhistleblowers.net. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. The Chels is back. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.